Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to episode 291 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week with... Gray, how are you doing? Hello, Dave. I am doing really well. How are you? I'm very, very well, thanks. So what have you been up to the last few weeks? Well, I've been watching loads, um, but some of it hasn't really been hitting my tick list. I've been watching some really bizarre things on TV that have just <laughs> hooked me. But, um, you know, and I won't talk about it on the podcast because they're definitely not on trend. Uh, <laughs> but things that I have been watching, which our listeners will still be interested in. So I'm watching Unforgotten, the finale of which airs this week. But yes. I'm going to be watching it a little bit later than when it airs brilliant twist in episode five absolutely love this program very slow paced but just a good crime thriller following cassie and sunny on a cold case and you meet all the four suspects and you're trying to work out which one is which and oh episode five <laughs> a great absolute twist and if you put that in comparison to line of duty which we're two episodes in now the pace is so different but they're just really two really good crime thrillers so yeah. uh, i'm currently watching that have you caught that on itv i haven't watched them for Gotten. I have been watching Line of Duty. Um, yeah. it's, so it's frustrating with Line of Duty this year because all the others, I was very, very late to it. So I, I caught them all on like Netflix and BBC and uh, on the iPlayer and stuff. So I'm, now I'm having to wait like everybody else to watch it weekly. It's really <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> but I'm, I'm really enjoying it though. Line of Duty has yeah. been great this season. I haven't caught and forgotten at all yet. No, but yeah, it's, it's a complete opposite pace. If you're, it's slow, lovely, gentle, but really grabs you with its drama whereas Line of Duty total opposite end but love it mm. um, I'm still watching Big Sky I, I think I'm an episode behind at the moment I haven't watched the most recent Friday one but yeah. watched that and sort of like uh, the last thing I saw was a certain character in a hospital bed wiggling his fingers so I'm waiting for the next episode to see where that goes I'm seeing if they can carve out a procedural from this do you see what I mean so yes. the drama that's happened over so far episodes like 1 to 7 1 to 8 is the intention that has it been renewed Dave well, no we had this discussion a few weeks ago with Matt I, I don't think it's been renewed yet um, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting to see although it did get picked up I think for additional episodes so there's something like 16 episodes in the first run but there's a break after 9 or 10 so okay. I'm just now seeing because I feel like we're coming there yeah, we're, we're near a resolution in terms of one part of the storyline I'm mm. thinking are they going to carve out a procedural out of this Will it work beyond this big story? But I still like it. It's a really good drama. Uh, There are some pacing issues, but, you know, it it is for Star's release on Disney+. Plus. I think it's been a really good sort of linchpin drama. Yeah. Um, And I'm one episode away from finishing Resident Alien season one, which has surprised me. When I started watching it back in episode one and two, I was like, I'm not going to enjoy this. I like Alan Tudyk, but I'm just not liking the storyline and where it's going. But it's really turned a corner in the last couple of episodes and it's got that real uh, sense of humour it's yeah. got a real sort of dark drama part of it and yeah the last episode was really good spilt a lot of things changed how characters perceive each other and so I think I've got two episodes left to finish and that'll be the end of season one of Resident Alien I, did you continue watching it after you, you um, watched the first episode? Yes I have I am a few episodes behind just because other things got in the way but so I've mm-hmm. sort of built them up at the moment so I might wait until it finishes and then just kind of binge my way through the rest of it because I do quite enjoy it it's uh, it's good fun Alan Tudyk's incredibly watchable and he's so perfectly cast for that character uh, it's also been renewed for a second season that as well so that is coming back yeah, yeah the, the humour with the the young character yeah. the boy called Max is just so good and that goes throughout the whole season and it just works perfectly it's got that nice light touch of humour so that's quite good as well yeah recently finished two programmes one on Netflix one on all four so the next Netflix drama I finished was behind her eyes. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone was dropping on social media. Oh my God, the final episode. And I, w- 
watched it and I liked it up until the final episode. Oh. The final episode really disappointed me. Maybe I should have read the book. Everyone was saying about how the book was really good and this was a really good honorary of the book. And right. I didn't get the underlying storyline. I'm not sure if you've read about it. There's I sort of an really. element of the storyline which doesn't really come to fruition until about episodes four or five and then it takes over episode six. It becomes the whole point of the season and you're like, oh, I didn't see that. I thought this was a nice friendly Sunday night crime drama and you're going to... But I finished it. I got involved in the chat on social media and spoke to some of my friends about it. And a lot of them are saying the same. They're just disappointed in episode six rather than being, oh my God, I can't believe that. Right. So yeah, it's a, it's a little bit, it's, it's very saccharine in times of its drama. And I finished The Great. Um, season one finished airing on all four and I caught the last couple of episodes this weekend just gone oh my god so good and I uh, you know I'm not a usual one to sit here and say I love a period drama or anything historical but because of the way it's delivered in in a very comedic quite over the top way and there's got some brilliant performances from Nicholas Holt in particular I was absolutely loving the whole premise behind it and it then sent me into Wikipedia and started yeah. reading loads on like the Russian history and no absolutely I would recommend at the moment it's going to be sitting there as one of my top series of the year you know i've definitely you know really enjoyed it i know there's a second season coming yeah. um and definitely will be interested in watching that so those are the films i've finished film of the month obviously trying to bring back a you know my resident film reviewer i know this is not mixed in the cinema so i've been really trying to find those ones that are hiding on the streaming channels and sort of share with you my thoughts so this month the march is film i'm gonna put forward i care a lot which is it's really hard to explain and if you've watched the britney spears documentary and then you go and yeah. watch this film it's two very different stories on the conservatorship system in america stars rosamund pike very dark there are elements of humor there are twists along the way but it is a really unsatisfying ending just to let everybody know that oh, if dear. they want to go and watch it it's unsatisfying but in a really like the drama is really good the film is really good i'm not faulting it but if you're going to watch a film for your typical hollywood ending you're not going to get it in this <laughs> film right so it might be worth watching if you like something that sort of shakes the the norms and the expectations um rosamund pike really really good in this um she uh, i know she plays his character a lot just so pristine but also with that glint of evil in her she yeah. just delivers it really well and no definitely recommend it i watched it on amazon i think international people can watch it on netflix but it's an amazon film over in the uk and was available at the beginning of march so that's my movie and i'm gonna ask you what you're watching but hopefully we can just cross over with a bit of falcon and winter soldier chat because two episodes in now really interesting getting in your viewpoint dave yeah well we talked a little bit about this last week but uh yeah two episodes in now i am really enjoying falcon winter soldier i think as we said a bit last week it is also very much feels like it should have been the first show that came out which of <laughs> course was all the way to the plan it ties in far more with the issues that are, are related to the snap and people disappearing and then coming back and that they deal a lot more with that in this than they did in uh, WandaVision. So, I mean, I love WandaVision, but I think this yeah. this feels far more MCU-based than maybe WandaVision did. I like the episode this week. You've got a lot more interaction between Falcon and Winter Soldier. You get the, mm. I, I love the fact that they're, they're basically like a sort of bickering married couple. I find that really, <laughs> really funny the introduction of john walker as the new captain america is kind of interesting i'm intrigued to see where they're they're going to go with that because that is a comic book character that turns into somebody else later on so we've probably going to get to see that i think you know these six episodes are clearly going to end with falcon becoming captain america i think that that's got to be where they're going with it because one of the things with this series is you kind of think that it's probably got to end at a point that makes sense in the film universe if you haven't seen the TV series, mm. I would say. Yeah, I mean, the one thing me and my uh, friend who I watched at the same time did watch all of WandaVision together, this sort of feels like a series where I'd happily wait until they're all released and then watch them. 
Mm. I am not rushing on a Friday at the moment. Like WandaVision, no. some days I was so tense, like trying to get through my day of work because I was going to watch it, you know, at the, at the house and try and get over there in time to watch it. This is just not dry. And we, you know, we are getting yeah. like, because they're my bubble. So I arrive on a Friday and we sort of talk about some of the TV programs. And sometimes it's so far down the list in terms of the priority of what we want to watch together that I'm thinking there's something about that, that's sending a message to me about why it's not grabbing me mm. as much as WandaVision. I, I feel there's there's not as much promise. I think WandaVision had a lot more mystery yes. and the intrigue and you were drawn in from the very first episode, not knowing what was going on. And I think and I, this is very action and very, um, you know, you've had some action sequences, you have a lot of tight drama, but for me, they're not carrying it. They're, it's too much like a film, I think is what I'm trying to say. It's not, yeah. it doesn't feel like a TV series it at the moment. It does feel a bit more like a film that's been chopped up into bits this which yeah. i'm i'm okay with it just doesn't have that sort of cliffhanger ending thing that you had with one division as much yeah so yeah i mean i entirely agree with you i mean i am watching it when i get up in the morning because obviously i've got to spend all day kind of digging out new stories so i've got to be on social media and stuff and i can't it's very difficult for me to avoid any mm, if anything yeah. major happens so i try to watch it first thing in the morning just in case but i know exactly what you mean i'm not like must get up and watch it i'm like oh yeah i need to watch that you know so it's not got that drive behind it and not this isn't sort of saying anything bad about it you know i'm still enjoying it and i think it's really good it's just not got the same kind of hook that i think wandavision had it's captivating i I like i like where the locations the filming the performances are all really quite good and you know i'm not it's just as an audience member they treated us to WandaVision they spoiled us with WandaVision and if you're saying it was the other way round can you imagine all of our how we would have been you know got to WandaVision it would have been a whole different situation Yeah. whereas I will happily and we've said quite openly maybe we'll wait for a couple of episodes and have an afternoon of watching them together you know where's Emily Van Camp I want to see her (laughs) to that point where you know there's not a huge amount of female characters at the moment apart from our antagonist and I want a little bit more of that and I want to see her engaging with the two main characters and yeah I, I'm enjoying it but it, it's not troubling my top 10 of season um, series of 2021 so far whereas WandaVision is yeah. rocketed up there and is happily going to be taking a top five space at the end of the year that's the Falcon and Winter Soldier chat and completely spoiler free apart from no one seeing Emily Van Camp but that's not too much of a spoiler everybody <laughs> yeah and I, and I think it's been pretty well known that there is a there is another Captain America in there. So, you know, yeah. I, I, think, I think we're okay with that. Yeah. Um, uh, what else have you been watching, Dave? Um, Invincible on Amazon as well, which is a, uh, we, we again, we talked a little bit about this last week because Daryl had seen some previews of it. Uh, I actually watched it when it got released on Friday. I've not watched the last of the three episodes that are up online right now. But uh, first two episodes are great. It's very much an adult cartoon. It's not an adult cartoon in the same way of something like Solar Opposites is, but it it has got a lot of blood and gore in it. It's a world of superheroes, somewhat akin to the boys, except the superheroes generally are the good guys, uh, although some of them might not be. So um, it's that sort of world. You are following this kid whose father is Omni-Man, who is one of the biggest superheroes on the planet. He's kind of a Superman equivalent, and and uh, he has yet to come into his powers. And when we first meet him, he's not got his powers and they sort of arrive during that opening episode. And uh, he becomes this superhero called Invincible. And uh, he's sort of then got to start training and following in his father's footsteps. It turns out that his father might not be everything that he seems to be either. So uh, there are sort of very interesting things going on in that show. The opening two episodes are really, really solid it's 45 minutes long so it is a long form cartoon the animation is pretty good it is traditional 2d animation it's not like 3d or anything like that which is nice you know it stylistically reminds you of some of the dc and marvel cartoons those sort of 2d cartoons so it's very much in that sort of vein in terms of look but like i say it is quite violent there is a, a lot of people getting shots and mowed down and blood everywhere 
and uh, that sort of thing. So it's not suitable for a younger audience. I mean, 12A maybe with some parental guidance, possibly a 15, I would say. But it's certainly one of those that is well, well worth watching. It's from Robert Kirkman, who is the guy that wrote The Walking Dead. And this is one of his other comic book properties, which rather than do it live action, they they turned it into an animated series. It's got a lot of The Walking Dead cast voicing people in it. Yeah, I remember us talking about that back a couple of months back. You said naming yeah. all these people and they were just like, oh, them and them. Yeah, and I, mean, them. I mean, the, the cast is ridiculous. It's half the cast of The Walking Dead, plus people like John Hamm and Mark Hamill. And there's a whole bunch of other people in there. It's each an insane voice cast that they've got for this. And some of them are only popping in for kind of a few episodes or, or parts. So they've not necessarily got huge parts. Stephen Yen voices the main character, who, of course, played Glenn on The Walking Dead. J.K. Simmons plays voices his dad, Omni-Man. So um, that first three episodes are up on Amazon Prime now, and it is well, well worth going to watch if you like your sort of superhero things. It's a good, solid drama, played much more seriously. It's not like a comedy thing. It's got some fun moments in it, but it is really good. The oh. other thing I finished was the two seasons of Condor, which I've been watching sort of an episode every few days, and I finally caught up to the end of that. Really good, very much reminiscent of the sort of Homeland 24 kind of vibe, conspiracy spy drama sort of thing. It only ran for two seasons because I think we mentioned before the channel that it was on, which was the audience network, disappeared in America. They The channel itself got shut down. There has been talk of possibly moving it and rebooting it onto a different uh, network. I know somebody else had picked it up in the US. So whether that leads to a third, third season, we'll have to wait and see. There are two seasons that are fairly self-contained, so you don't feel like there's lots of things left dangling at the end of them. I mean, there are bits and pieces they could potentially pick up, but it doesn't end on any big cliffhanger. So they feel like two decent, solid, well-contained seasons. So don't worry about that going into watching it. If they don't make any more, you've just watched 20 episodes of a decent drama. The first season sort of follows this guy who is this uh, analyst and somebody breaks into his office and basically mows down everybody but him. And because he's the sole survivor, he gets blamed as uh, being part of this conspiracy. So uh, he goes on the run. So that's sort of the first season. And then the second season continues the sort of story, but that's to do with uh, Russian spies. And he sort of ends up helping somebody that from Russia that has been blamed for something and uh, he ends up having to help him out. So two very, very solid, decent spy thrillers. If you like things like Homeland, if you like things like 24, it's buried on the Sky box sets and on now to ye, or sorry, now, as it's now called, they've dropped yeah. the TV <laughs> bit the for TV. reasons. I that. <laughs> uh, so uh, very, it's on Sky, it's on now, uh, it'll be in the box sets. It's called Condor. It's well, well worth going to watch and uh, yeah, 10 episodes each season. So uh, go and look that up if you're into those sort of dramas. Solar Opposites as well. Are you up to date on that? Have you or Yeah, you... I watched. Because you got your wish. Second season. Well, not only a second season, but you got oh, your you got your wish this week. The episode. The episode totally in the terrarium. Yeah, the episode. Uh, for those of you that haven't seen Solar Opposites, it's it's kind of follows this family who are basically a bunch of aliens. There's this family of aliens that have landed on Earth and are living in these suburbs and treated like a, just a normal family that are living in the suburbs. But there is a subplot in there where the son of the family, if people annoy him, he shrinks them down and puts them inside this terrarium, which he keeps in his house. And there is an entire separate plot line of the <laughs> life of these people in this terrarium. And uh, the episode this week, they set entirely in the terrarium, which I know was something you desperately be looking yeah, forward to. And because when I watched the previous episode, which I was like, I got to about, you know, 18 minutes in, I was like, we haven't seen a terrarium today. Oh, have they dropped that side of the plot? And then, and then I was like, so they gave us a whole episode outside of Terrarium. And then this episode was a whole episode inside the Terrarium. Yeah. So oh, but it's a great twist at the end. Why am I loving this cartoon so much? It sh I should, you know, it's from the makers of Rick and Morty. But that twist at the end of that episode, yeah. I was just like, oh, 
I got really emotional. I was like, oh no. Yeah, it was it was brilliant that episode. Really, really good. I do love that in itself. Of I mean, you could spin off an entirely separate show just based around that. Yeah, it, it is just definitely. brilliant. But yeah, from the makers of Rick and Morty, it is very Rick and Morty in the in the whole feel and setup of it and the way it's written. It feels very Rick and Morty. So if you like Rick and Morty, you will adore Solar Opposites. It's wonderful. But uh, that's a star on Disney Plus. But uh, I would advise you to go watch that. And there is a second season coming. The second season, it looks like it's running straight into the second season as well, which oh, is great because okay. the second season starts on the 9th of April. And uh, I'm I'm so happy about that. I, I do adore that show. It's just really, really good fun. And the other thing, of course, that dropped this week was the Suicide Squad trailer. Which, if you haven't gone and watched this because you were like, oh, the Suicide Squad movie was awful, go and watch the trailer for the new one. It's from James Gunn. It's brilliant. It's just fun and stupid and over the top and everything you wanted the first movie. I saw somebody describe it on Twitter, I think it was, of saying it's like the first film was some sort of weird fever dream that you can now forget about and now we've got what should have been the first movie. There are a ton of different characters in there most of which i mean the i think one of the posters actually says don't get too attached or something along those lines the trailer's a red band trailer which means that it's not safe for work version of the trailer <laughs> there is swearing and a lot of blood uh there are our characters in that trailer as well who i never in a million years thought that they'd use in live action the monster that you see little bits of at the end is a character called starro and i never ever ever in a million years thought they'd use that on screen but if anybody's going to do it it was either going to be James Gunn or Takita Wahiti because those are the two people that could handle a character like that but uh, the cast is incredible I mean you've got people back like Jer- nameless Jerry. yeah uh, Viola Davis back as Amanda Waller Joel Kinnaman back as Rick Flagg you've got um, Margot Robbie back as Harley you've got Joe Courtney back as Captain Boomerang and then there's Idris Elba as Bloodsport uh, John Cena as Peacemaker who is of course also getting his own TV show David Dashmelkian as Polka Dot Man who looks ridiculously creepy. Daniela Melikor as uh, Ratcatcher 2. Steve Adji as King Shark. So we've got a version of King Shark in there. I mean, there's a really gruesome bit in there with King Shark. Nathan Fillion as a character called TDK. You've got Sean Gunn playing Weasel. Michael Rook is in there. Pete Davison, Peter Capaldi. Loads of other people in there as well. It it just looks brilliant, though. It's fun and funny and... uh, yeah, if you've not watched that trailer, go and watch it. I thought this was superb. No, so I mean, I just watched it before I, I came to record this with you, and I think it's such a James Gunn yeah. trailer. It, it takes away that gruesome darkness of the previous one and just has that sort of tiny bit of humour reading through the trailer, which shows that you can go to this film and have fun. I don't think you could have that in the last one. As much as you had Harley Quinn's character trying to bring the humour, I just didn't feel like it was delivered delivered in the, the right way whereas yeah. this one it just feels that we're going to be having fun with them and we can get to know them a little bit more I mean there are crazy amounts of them I don't know how he's going to get do that but he did well, it for the Guardians of the Galaxy but yeah. I just think you know it looks like something I now do want to watch one of the very first DC films I want to watch uh, I've got Justice League scheduled in for this weekend to watch it with my friend Even I'm a few weeks behind sorry everybody right. but you know it's this I'm starting to appreciate the, t- the corner DC maybe turning never going to hit marvel's heights but i appreciate what they're doing yeah this is an interesting new direction for the dc stuff and he was the perfect guy to take on this i think i, I think mm. it had to be james gunn or takito wahiti to do this sort of film and uh, i but i think james gunn has done a wonderful job with this as far as we can tell from the trailer i mean we, we won't know until it comes out which is thursday the 29th of july in the uk it lands then in the u.s it's 6th of August and it's also going to be on HBO Max on the 6th of August as well for people that have access to that in the US but uh, pandemic permitting it'll be the 29th of July in the UK for that in cinemas. Uh, did I read somewhere as well Cineworld have this deal that they'll have Warner films for 45 days and then they'll go on to streaming services so it yes. might be one of those deals as well. Uh, yeah I think this will fall under that deal I would think Yeah. so that's definitely one to go and look for you can uh, find the trailer on YouTube 
YouTube and it's up on the website as well if you want to go and find that. That's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. TV and film news this week. We start off with the renewals, cancellations and pickups and uh, no cancellations this week, in- hey. interestingly, <laughs> for the first time in a while. So uh, we'll move straight on to renewals. couple of interesting renewals. Miss Scarlet and the Duke has been renewed for season two. That's uh, a PBS show in the US and Alibi air that over here. So that's uh, one to look out for for a second season of that. The big one, though, uh, FBI and FBI Most Wanted both renewed, which I don't think comes as a huge shock, but they've also picked up FBI International, which is pretty much does what it says on the tin it's fbi international (laughs) so uh yeah no cast i don't think for that yet as far as i can tell it is going to be airing and will have a crossover with the other two when it comes in i don't think they've backdoor piloted it i think they've just decided to pick that up as a new show so uh there will now be a third fbi joining it uh hopefully i'm sure sky will end up with the rights to it over here so uh it will end up on sky i suspect on sky witness but uh yeah, so FBI, FBI Most Wanted and FBI International are uh, all coming. Have you watched any of those? I didn't watch any yeah, of those. Yeah, watch them all. Watch them all. Right. <laughs> we, over the, the first lockdown and second lockdown, I think we I binged all of one just because we wanted simple procedural. Yeah. And um, and I had my niece here in my bubble at the time. And yes, I remember. We used to watch it and sort of guess who we thought the murderer was going to be while we were <laughs> cooking dinner. And we just sort of got through them all. And we were like, we also commented how the lead character played by Missy Peregrine fell pregnant and the cinematography to disguise her pregnancy throughout the second season and suddenly <laughs> she had to go on a uh, deep underground and I'm like we were just we were just enjoying it for just that good old-fashioned dick wolf drama um no I'm really glad they're both coming back uh, I'll, I'll probably watch FBI International I'm a mug for these types of things <laughs> yeah I, I kind of limit the amount of procedurals I watched and uh, I think I've seen a couple of episodes of FBI but it's not one that I I've stuck with but um, there's so many of them out there at the moment but uh, you could practically rename Sky Witness Sky Wolf at this point because I mean (laughs) you know FBI FBI Most Wanted all the Chicago's uh, probably FBI International as well I suspect are there I mean there's so many of them it's crazy in terms of pickups we've got some early air dates for uh, Hudson and Rex which is coming back for a third season that's on the Sunday the 11th of April on Alibi it starts with a double bill and Harrow is back for its third season that's on the 14th of april on alibi that's at 9 p.m in the uk winona erp fourth and final season although although somebody kept on pointing out not the final season if the uh, winona erp fans have anything to do with it the uh, fourth and currently final season that is coming on the 13th of april to sci-fi uk uh, which is a different channel to where it aired previously i think it was on what paramount became was where it was before so uh, sci-fi air it in the u.s anyway but they're they're airing the full season over here the nevers has now got a uk air date it's going to start on the 17th of may 2021 on sky atlantic and that's going to be with all episodes of part one so that's the first six episodes i think it's a 12 episode series they've done it in six and six so they're going to drop it as a box set on the 17th of may starts on the april 11th in the us on hbo so they're going to wait for it all to air in the us and then going to drop it over here which is an odd way of doing it but that's how they've decided they're going to do it looks quite fun though they released a trailer for that i I know it's a joss whedon series technically uh, although he's not involved with it now other than still getting an exec producer credit Uh, i know people will have issues with that but as i've said before with the joss whedon stuff don't stop watching those shows and penalize the actors and the other creators that are involved in them just because his name was attached to it because particularly the older shows like uh, buffy and firefly if they get pulled off air and people stop watching them then the actors that are involved in those shows that a lot of them had issues with joss whedon then lose all their residuals as well so you're kind of penalizing the wrong people for doing that so the nevers is coming it looks like it could be quite good that so uh, that's one to watch out for but seven the May for that. In DC News, there was a little story that uh, Piers Brosnan will be joining the Black Adam movie as Dr. Fate. So they've now cast the whole of the Justice Society for that film. Black Adam is being something of a uh, passion project for Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who basically willed that film into existence pretty much. It looks like it could be immense amounts of fun because the people that are involved in it seem to really, really 
really like the characters. Black Adam was a villain of Shazam, although we don't know whether Shazam is going to show up at any point in this. But um, you've got the rest of the Justice Society, which are, are going to be in here. So Aldous Hodge, who was on City on a Hill and Term Washington Spies, he's playing Hawkman. Noah Centino, who was in the Fosters and to all the boys films, he's playing Atom Smasher. Quintessa Swindle, who's in Trinkets, is playing Cyclone. And now Brosnan will join them as Dr. Fate, who is a, a, a character. He's sort of a magical character who was part of the um, Justice Society. It's an interesting bit of casting, I thought, for that. Uh, yeah. Dave, remind me, I'm getting myself confused. Isn't there a character called Adam in the Marvels as well that was teased in Guardians of the Galaxy? Am I imagining? Oh, yeah. This? No, there is. Um, there is, is it a, called Adam? Yeah, there is. I, I, I can't remember whether he's Adam something or... But yes, there was there was a, what, a character that sort of didn't go anywhere that was teased in one of the Marvel post credit scenes. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Yes, different character to Black Adam. But uh, Just checking, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's two Adam. They do this a lot, don't they? They have characters either are very similar in powers, but have the same, like, have different names. Yeah. They have characters with the same names, but completely different powers. And I was just, when you were saying it, I was thinking, no, that's the DC one. Uh, just trying to get my head around which one's which. Yeah, no, uh, Black Adam is uh, essentially the opposite of Shazam. Has very, very much the same sort of powers as Shazam, but um, he's an interesting character. He doesn't necessarily use them for evil, but he runs a company called Kandak, and he is essentially the dictator of that country. So he's very authoritarian, but that country survives because of the fact that he is the person in charge of it. So he's a really interesting character, that one. But I am very much looking forward to that film. I think it looks quite interesting. A couple of bits of news that pop up over the weekend as well. There is an Ali McBeal revival series on oh. the table, apparently. Um, oh, please stop, America. Please stop. <laughs> uh, with the original cast, it's not like a it's not a reboot. It's very much like the sort of Frasier thing that they're doing. It is going mm. to be, if they do it, it's in very early stage at the moment. They are talking about it. But I mean, Ali McBeal would be an interesting one to try and bring back, particularly right now, given that you're sort of post Me Too and all that. And there was a lot of sexual tension politics, particularly around the office thing. A lot of it was to do with the relationships and inappropriate relationships sometimes between the various people at that law firm. So that would be an interesting one to bring back now. Uh, it's another David E. Kelly drama, although he had previously said if they did revive it, he would stay on as exec producer, but he would want a woman to run the show rather than uh, him doing it himself because he thinks it would be better with a female voice in control of it, which I think makes perfect sense. So um, A lot of hardcore fans would like to almost retcon the final season. It, it really changed a huge direction yeah. hugely and lost a lot of the key cast. Not lost it, but they'd all sort of moved on. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people sort of say the season five wasn't true Ali McBeal and they went with the storyline some people weren't hugely happy with. But, oh, well, let's see. Let's see what they do. Yeah, I mean, it's funny when you actually look through the names because apart from Clarissa Flockhart, who, of course, was the lead in it, there's Peter McNichol in there. Uh, Jane Krasowski was in there. Portadella Rossi yeah. was in there. Lucy Liu. James Marsden was in there Hayden Pantier was in there yeah. uh, and of course Robert amazing Dan people yeah, yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr of course uh, it was in his troubled period I believe that was yeah. uh, it was just as he was starting to kind of he was still slipping a bit but I think he was he was starting to sort of come out of it it was one of the first big gigs he got after he was starting to come out of his troubled period but uh, yeah I don't know it'd be interesting one to see I think to see whether that would work as a revive thing the other big news which was literally just announced today uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi has officially announced its cast we don't know who most of these people are playing but obviously Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan Kenobi Hayden Christensen they have confirmed will be playing Darth Vader in it uh, although presumably not doing the voice I'm assuming James Earl Jones will be doing the voice for it I suspect or somebody that sounds a lot more like James Earl Jones will be doing the voice for it but he will be the person in the suit apparently for that I hope he's put on a bit of weight because he never looked quite big enough 
when we saw kind of him first wearing the suit at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith. He didn't look big enough, so hopefully he's been working out a bit. We've also interestingly got Joel Legerton and uh, Bonnie Plessy in there as well, who played Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in the prequels. So presumably they're doing those roles again. And uh, I'm glad Bonnie's in there because Jamie, she's had a hell of a time. Go and watch The Vow if you haven't seen The Vow because <laughs> she was one of the key people that was involved in that. So she hasn't really done that much straight acting work more recently, but uh, I'm glad she's coming back to this. And I think this would be a great stepping stone for him to get back into her acting career and do more stuff. It's good that they're bringing those two actors back. But other people, Moses Ingram, who was in The Queen's Gambit, uh, she's going to be in there. Uh, Kamal Najani from The Big Sick, which is a great, great film, and uh, Silicon Valley. Inara Vama, who you will know from Four Life, Carnival Row, and a billion other things that she's popped up in. <laughs> Luther, uh, Luther's original wife. Yeah, Game of Thrones, I think she <laughs> was in. Wasn't she in? Didn't she pop, pop up in Torchwood, I think, at some point as well? Uh, oh, just, she's just, done so much British um, and American TV yeah. now. She's such a recognized name, in my opinion. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, speaking of how as we were earlier Rupert Friend will be in there as well so uh, he's great uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. from Straight Out Compton Sung Kang from Power Simone Kessel from The Crossing and Pine Gap and Benny Safdie from Good Time and Pieces of a Woman is also in there I don't know who any of those people are playing but um, <laughs> so I'm sure there's a lot of speculation online as to who those people will be uh, taking roles off but uh, yeah I'm, I really like this cast I mean you know one thing that they have been brilliant at with these shows is the casting. I mean, The Mandalorian was superb. Uh, it's also announced that Deborah Chow, who did two of the most critically acclaimed episodes of The Mandalorian season one, is going to be directing, which is awesome. So, uh, yeah, looks great. I'm so looking forward to this. I obviously have not watched it. Um, I've not been a Star Wars fan. Um, <laughs> obviously, some really good cast in there. I was saying Dear Obama, Kamal Nanjiani in particular. Um, I imagine it's going to be a really good show. My friend berates me for Star still not watching The Mandalorian and was asking me to give it a chance recently. Yes. And I was like, Absolutely. I've so much. I'm watching too many procedurals. <laughs> Stop watching procedurals. Go and watch some more genre stuff. Yeah, I mean, The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is a brilliant, brilliant, just piece of drama, regardless of the fact that it's set in the Star Wars universe. It's just wonderful. Really well worth watching. Yes, it helps if you know the rest of the Star Wars universe, but I think you could watch it without that perfectly fine. In terms of... Uh, other big franchise things The Witcher has also announced some more cast for The Witcher Blood Origin which is this um, limited prequel thing that they're doing set in an elven world 1200 years before the world of The Witcher tells the story lost to time the creation of the first prototype Witcher and the events that led to the pivotal conjunction of the spheres when the world of monsters men and elves merged to become one so they've announced one of the leading cast is going to be Lawrence O'Farain who I'm guessing is Irish with a name like that. He's going to play Fajal, who was born into a clan of warriors sworn to protect the king but carries a deep scar within. The death of a loved one who fell in battle tried to save him. A scar that won't let him settle or make peace with himself or the world around him. In a quest for redemption, Fajal finds himself fighting beside the most unlikely of allies as he carves a pass of vengeance across the continent in turmoil. He's been in a few things. He's popped up in things like Vikings and Game of Thrones and Into the Badlands. Uh, Rebellion, which was an RTE show, Red Rock, a couple of other stuff as well. So he's not an actor I particularly know, but uh, that sounds interesting. He's uh, joining Jodie Turner-Smith, who was in Night Flyers and The Last Ship, who is playing Ellie. I think her name is the elite warrior blessed with the voice of a goddess who has left her clan and positioned as Queen's Guardian to follow her heart as a nomadic musician. A grand reckoning on the continent forces her to return to the ways of her blade and a quest for vengeance and redemption. Redemption. This sounds like an interesting little series. If you enjoyed The Witcher, this I think is going to be a one-off by the sounds of it. It's not going to be a continuing thing. It's just a sort of one-off six or eight episodes or something that's going to be telling this sort of earlier bit of the story. It's the people that are running The Witcher that are doing it alongside the original author as well. So he's consultant on the series. So it, it is all going to be kind of canon and tied together. It's not just them shameless cashing or anything like that. 
bad. Mm. So, uh, I did you watch The Witcher? I can't remember. I didn't. I know it's got a huge cult following. I, w- I was never aware of it before it got released. Mm. Um, but I, I've heard Matt talk about it as well and just put a lot of praise on it. So it'd probably do very well if, it, if it's, it's going to bring in more audience viewers. And I can see why they're, they're looking at this as a prequel. Yeah, so. that looks good. That's going to be a separate thing to the second season of The Witcher, which is also coming as well, which is great. Over on American TV on NBC, La Brea, which is this wonderfully stupid sounding show, which I really am looking forward to because it's got that sort of silly vibe to it that uh, I I know it's not supposed to. It's probably going to be a proper serious sci-fi, but it's such a ridiculous premise. It's from David Applebaum, who was one of the people that worked on NCIS New Orleans. La Brea sees a massive sinkhole mysteriously open up in Los Angeles, tearing a family in half, separating the mother and son from father and daughter. When part of the family finds themselves in an inexplicable primeval world alongside a disparate group of strangers, they must work to survive and uncover a mystery of where they are and if there is a way back. So that's the setup for it, which sounds wonderfully bonkers. They've cast a couple of new people in it. Nick Gonzalez, who you will probably know from The Good Doctor most recently. Uh, He also popped up in Pretty Little Liars, How to Get Away with Murder and a bunch of other things. He is going to play Levi Brooks, who is best friend Gavin, to the aforementioned father. He's recruited to leave a mission to save the people who fell into the sinkhole. <laughs> They've also cast Rowan Mishandani, who is going to play Scott, a tour guide from the La Brea Tar Pit Museum, which is a real place in Los Angeles. I've been there. It's really interesting. He uses humour to make light out of serious situations. He was in Mystery Road. He's, I think he's an Australian actor, and uh, he was in Mystery Road. That's probably where you'll know him from. So, previous cast, they We've got Eon Mackin, who was in Merlin and the Night Shift. He's playing the father. Natalie Z, who's in Justified and the Following, plays Eve, who's the mother. Jack Martin, who appeared in All Rise, is playing the son, Josh. And Zyra Gorshik is playing the daughter. They've also cast Lily Santiago, who's playing Veronica, and John Sader from the Chicago franchise, who's playing a character called Dr. Sam Weiss. Thoughts on this? I think that's uh, really I mean, fun. it sounds like a bonkers idea, but I'll, I'll probably watch watch it it's an NBC production so it'd probably be something that I will be tuning into I do like Natalie Z as well I've always liked her and, and what she's been in before pretty a good fan of Nicholas Gonzalez when he was in The Good Doctor really good character in that yeah I think it sounds like a wonderfully fun stupid idea and uh, yeah. it kind of reminds me very reminiscent of something like Zoo just sort of silly bonkers kind of take a bunch of things and mash them together and see whether it works so the, mm. I just I, I just think this sounds like wonderfully silly sci-fi primeval stuff and just sounds great so that's coming to NBC don't know about the UK yet although if it is on NBC the chances are it'll end up on Sky 1 in the UK but we don't know specifically over on the BBC they've announced the cast for Inside Man which is a new Stephen Moffat drama and uh, this is pretty impressive this cast so uh, Stephen really Moffat good, of course yeah. the person behind Dracula and Sherlock and Doctor Who the cast is going to include David Tennant Dolly Wells who you all know from uh, she was in The Pursuit of Love and Dracula Lydia West who was in It's a Sin Years and Years and Dracula so she kind of tangentially has a connection to the whole Stephen Moffat Doctor Who thing through Russell T Davis and Stanley Tucci as well is uh, joining that cast it's a four part miniseries it follows a prisoner on death row in the US a vicar in a quiet English town and a math teacher trapped in a cellar as they cross paths in the most unexpected ways <laughs> so yeah <laughs> wow yeah it's written by Moffat Paul McGuigan who worked on Sherlock and Dracula and Luke Cage so works with Moffat on a quite regular basis he's a fabulous director he's going to direct it it's only four episodes it's a sort of uh, miniseries thing for the BBC and Netflix internationally. I don't know any more about the story other than that little strap line, but I, this sounds like it's going to be kind of interesting because that almost sounds kind of comedic or dark comedy drama sort of thing. I'm seeing dark and if it's a Moffat and it's got that whole element of uh, Sherlock and Dracula to it, I wonder if this would be our New Year's Day 2022 drama, you know? Yeah. I think it could set us up for being that dark start to 
to 2022 like he normally likes to give us a, a good drama to open up our year and if they're about to start filming or it'd be a Christmas one it'd be something released at Christmas yeah quite possibly uh, that would be my guess as well if they're going to start filming it fairly soon we'll have to see we don't know exactly when it's going to land but it will be BBC One iPlayer in the UK uh, Netflix outside of the UK one to watch out for but that is called Inside Man that is and uh, mm-hmm. that we want to watch out for on the BBC lastly more reimagined TV shows Disney <laughs> has ordered a reimagined TV show of National Treasure the Nick Cage famous movies they are going to be doing a TV version of that but with a sort of different cast it's from the same writers Cormac and Marie Wibbly <laughs> uh, apparently <laughs> so I know I know but that, that seems to be their names who wrote the uh, movie screenplays it's the same people behind it but uh, they are talking about this being a reimagining of it so it will explore the timely issues of identity community historical authorship and patriotism told from the point of view of Jess Morales a 20 year old dreamer who with her diverse group of friends sets off an adventure of a lifetime to uncover her mysterious family history and recover lost treasure so that's going to be the setup for it so it sounds like it, it is going to be a similar idea of of a group that goes off and tries to sort of find stuff about their history by digging up lost treasure and stuff but no nick cage in this however they have said that there is also a possible third movie in the works as well because there were two movies in the national treasure franchise both completely bonkers and utterly ridiculous <laughs> and very nick cage i like these they're stupidly fun i mean they grossed like first movie was 347 million and the second movie was 467 million so you know they've, they've made enough money for them to make a third one and the third movie would have nick cage in it so i do wonder whether although they're talking about this being a reimagining whether there will be whether they will set it in a in the same universe so they can coexist and maybe they can cross the characters at some point but uh, at the moment they are calling it a reimagining uh, so it, it sounds like the tv thing will be a separate thing mm. to the movie universe they don't want to have too many uh, universes do they disney they'll get themselves confused yeah, yes yes particularly <laughs> with this i mean particularly with something like this i think you could have set it in the same world quite easily rather than completely reimagining it you know mm. and have a bunch of kids that are going off and maybe were inspired by nick like, cage yeah like they've done with love simon like the love victor right. spin it appears in the same world and he has interactions with Simon from the movie okay. through um, Instagram. So I there's see. that sort of tangential link, but also the actor who played um, Simon in the film is the exec producer as well. So you've got that involvement, uh, ah. I suppose. That's a clever way of doing it. It's nice. It's a subtle link and it's not forced. So if they do it well, they could have this sort of gentle universes rather than a big trying to take over the Marvel one. I quite like it if they did set it in the same world rather than doing it kind of completely separately but I mean we'll, we'll have to wait and see how it actually plays out it's greenlit the series so that is something that is definitely coming this National Treasure TV series it'll be on Disney Plus don't know when it'll be on Disney Plus but yeah I mean they're, they're sort of reimagined properties I mean you know High School Musical the musical the series season 2 is now out <laughs> as if that title could get any longer The Mighty Ducks Game Changes is also now out which I haven't watched yet but uh, that is that is out they've got a Doogie Howser reboot which is called Doogie Kamakola which is set in uh, Hawaii and is basically the same premise as Doogie Howser as a, a teen doctor the Turner and Hooch series starring Josh Peck that's coming they've got a, a series which is a continuation of Willow coming along with of course all the Marvel shows and all the Star Wars shows so there's a load of interesting stuff coming up on Disney Plus plus all the star stuff I know we keep on going on about this we're not getting paid by Disney or Star but it is well well worth picking up that service mm. i think it's become uh, it's certainly becoming a, a must-have service that i think definitely mm. so that's all the news we've got for this week let's move on to some highlights for next week on tv <laughs> 
highlights for next week we've got station 19 season four that's coming back on the 31st of march at 10 p.m if you're wondering where Grays is because that opening is a crossover episode for some reason rather than start them both this week they've decided to do station 19 this week and then put Grays on next week so they are in the right order it's just rather than going both out on the same night like they did in the u.s they're putting station 19 out first and then Grays will start next week and Mm. and then they'll be both running together on the same night so i don't know why they went down that route but they did so that's what they're doing as long as it makes sense for the audience that's why yeah uh... it's all lined up properly that it's all fine it's all in the right order just for some reason they decided to start a week early with station 19 so anyway but uh that's coming to sky witness on the 31st of march at 10 p.m godfather of harlem season two of that is starting on the 1st of april on stars play that is actually getting premiered over here before it starts in america for some reason i don't entirely know why but it is uh so it's one of those rare occasions where we're actually getting it first i've been told the first season of that is very good i haven't actually watched it yet but uh, that's godfather of harlan stars forrest whitaker as bumpy johnson who was an infamous crime boss and it's a true story crime thing about him uh first of april on stars play for that ncis los angeles is back for the second half of its 12th season that's on the 4th of april at 10 p.m so if you've been following that that returns midsummer murders has finally made it to season 22 which i think is following on straight from season 21 because they're kind of putting them out in little clusters these episodes but the seasons make no sense they're kind of just dropping out one episode and then another episode and they've it's odd how they set it up but technically we're in season 22 of midsummer murders so uh, that's 4th of april at uh, 8 p.m on itv for that air crash investigation if you like that show that's back for season 20 on national geographic on the 5th of april at 9 p.m and wellington paranormal which is from Takita wahiti and jermaine st clement it's kind of a spin-off from what we do in the shadows it's um from the same guys there is a little bit of a crossover with what we do in the shadows apparently as well but uh, it's about police force that, that sort of comedy mockumentary series about a police force that investigate these sorts of paranormal things and it's set oh. in the same universe as the what we do in the shadows thing mm. uh so that's coming to sky comedy on the 5th of april from 9 p.m they're actually dropping seasons one to three on sky on demand and now so you'll be able to go and watch it on there but that will be seasons one to three all dropping at the same time that's from the 5th of april on sky comedy that is going to be airing weekly on there so if you're into what we do in the shadows that will be worth watching most definitely that's everything we have for this week if people want to reach out and talk to you where can they find you come over to twitter follow me at gray the geek uh, when i'm not complaining about consumer issues i'm occasionally putting my opinions out about tv and film that i'm watching yes so uh, go and talk to gray over on twitter for other people you can go and find bex on twitch.tv forward slash trista bites that's b-y-t-e-s she's streaming daily and uh, usually injuring herself or making an editor of herself and falling over <laughs> and uh, generally making a mess so uh, she will be on her uh, Twitch stream on Trista Bites over on Twitch so go and find her there Matt of course you can go and find on entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts we are doing The Walking Dead for the next couple of weeks on there as well that's been really good actually they're interesting little episodes they've been putting out of The Walking Dead for the extra episodes this season so we're doing that that comes out on Wednesdays but lots of other stuff over there on Entertainment Talk for more podcasts and Daryl you can find on Hollywood northnews.net you can go and find him over on there for all the TV shows you'll love that are, are Canadian or shot in Canada so that's uh, all the Arrowverse things as well as a bunch of Canadian TV as well so uh, go and check him out over on hollywoodnorthnews.net for us you can find us at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube Com forward slash geek town on on instagram at geek town uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. 
Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.